0: You're listening to a podcast by Mission Field USA, a church planting initiative of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. For more information and resources, visit lcms.org slash churchplanting.
1: field usa listeners i am pastor steve shave your host today and director of lcms church planning with me today also is my colleague and co-host the reverend dr mark larson the manager for lcms church planning hello mark good afternoon how are you very good and today for our second episode we have a very special guest with us pastor tim Miller, and we're happy to have him with us. As I read his bio, he says he is a self-proclaimed sinner who is saved <laughs> by grace.
2: <laughs> Amen.
1: And uh, does a lot of good work as well. So we're very happy to have Pastor Drugum Miller with us. He's working alongside other pastors and laypeople where he serves in the North Georgia area and leading the Kairos Network to start new churches. So we're excited to hear about the Kairos Network and their church planting that's going on uh, tim also serves on our board for national mission for synod and he also serves the mission advisory council for the florida georgia district hello tim hey steve mark how are you very good doing? welcome sir welcome. glad to have you Thank yeah we're, you. we're oh. excited mark uh tim is an extreme Church planter, I want to say, uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, to raise funds for his mission, uh, he went out on a wilderness survival oh, trip. Yeah. They just dropped him in the drop zone uh, and had to survive. Yeah. And what did you guys do? You ended up eating a snake, right?
3: Yeah, we we ate a rat snake. And a rat we were happy snake. to do it because that's the only actual live food we could catch. Yeah. So that was fifty hours without any any water or food. Had Um, our second son Luke and third son Isaac who were uh, 14 and 12 participate with uh, my brother-in-law Jay their uncle Jay Wenland Um, and our oldest son Jacob had all the luxuries of food that he wanted bags of chips,
2: and he was in a tent, and he was recording the
3: whole thing, there you basically go.
1: making fun of us. Well, so. we're, we're excited to have such an extreme church planter with us, but we don't want to scare <laughs> anybody <laughs> off. You know, to do church planting, you don't have to actually eat rat that's snakes, exactly so right. that's very yeah, good.
3: I would not recommend it.
1: No. <laughs> I don't know too many people in Georgia when they see a snake that want to go anywhere near it, but uh, no. it, it's very true. Did
0: it taste like chicken?
1: <laughs> it,
3: does, it does not taste like
1: does chicken. It does not taste like chicken. Okay. It tastes
3: like a uh, like an old squid that yeah. is in the sewer. It, <laughs> yeah. it was not good. All right. At the time, because it was grilled, we we uh, we needed it. We survived. So
1: hey, this is like yeah. St. Paul missionary stuff. So that that's all all good. But uh, right. yeah, we we don't want to like lose our listeners here and uh, I know I know it gross them good. out too much, Jesus Mark. Subject. Yeah, let's let's get into this <laughs> very important topic today and. Uh, and let's edify our listeners with uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the good stuff of missions. So we do there have a go. very interesting topic today, and I think it's going to be very practical in terms of some of the work that uh, networks like the Kairos Network are are doing. Um, we're going to talk today about witness and mercy and life together being a framework for how we do mission. And I know for some people it might be, ugh, you know, here we go. It's just another model that somebody's putting out there. It's a fad that's gonna be put on the shelf a week later, or it's just another program that's gonna be out there for the next year, and then the next program that promises everything will come along again. So um, that's what we wanna talk about today, is Witness Mercy, Life Together, is this really more than just a fad? Is it more uh, than just another uh, program that's out there? Tim, do you have some thoughts on that?
3: I will say, yes, it is uh, more than just another passing bandwagon fad. Um, if it was just another golden goose, wouldn't buy it. If it was a silver bullet, wouldn't be interested. Uh, but it is within the fiber of the Old Testament and New Testament. It, it is thick. Uh, those words come right out of the Scriptures. And in terms of Old Testament, I'd, I'd just take us to one example, Second Kings 5. You you had life together going on, even in apostate Israel with Elijah and Elisha.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Remember, there was still the 7,000 who hadn't kissed Baal or bowed to him. They were still living in the Word, living in the promise, in the steadfast, loyal love of Yahweh. Um, there was witness, the little girl that was taken as a, uh, a slave by raiders up to uh, Syria, she told... Naaman's wife, that there was a prophet in Israel who spoke the Word.
2: Christ. She was
3: witnessing to the, to the power of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then there was mercy. Uh, basically, the, the big enemy of everybody who had conquered kingdoms receives an unbelievable <clears throat> miracle um, that healed his leprosy, which is not a problem just of the skin, it's a problem that's inside you of your sin, by the word, with the water. Uh, so right there, witness, mercy, life yep. together, working together.
2: Right.
3: Um, New Testament, I think uh, the most obvious example would be Acts 2.42 in uh, you know, Apostles' teaching, right. the fellowship, the koinonia, the breaking of bread, Holy Communion, and, and the prayers. And as the word and the sacraments are spilling down from our living Lord Jesus Christ, they can't help but witness, mm-hmm. and also be merciful. Right. Um, it's just who we are, because that's who our Lord is. So
2: right.
1: Very good. And just to kind of prove the point, I don't want to get, like, scientific here, but when we were doing good. some LifeWay research uh, with our Center for U.S. Missions, uh, looking at some of the trends going on in church planning across America today, but also took kind of our subset of Lutheran church planters and did our own smaller survey to identify, are these really patterns that just naturally occur in the life of the church in doing new mission work? And it might be different in different contexts. I mean, mercy work, for example, will look different in the suburbs than it would in the inner right. city. But we, we identified all of these patterns were there. They were present right. in, in the process. So it, it was very kind of uh, heartening to see that this isn't just yeah. a program. This is truly the life of the church and you bring up a good point as well tim um you you do think in the new testament we've all kind of had it ingrained now for a little while the the koinonia as life together the diakonia as mercy and deaconesses and service um martyria you know the actual willingness to give up our lives as martyrs to confess this faith so we're very used to the greek new testament uh and certainly when you look at the diaspora and other things that yes we're constantly seeing these disciples being sent and paul in his missionary journeys and going to the ends of the earth to tell people about jesus and that the kingdom is here starting with john the baptist um but right the old testament it might seem like are those patterns really there but when you see god's people being sent they get to this place that is the destination they establish the altar they call upon the name of yahweh they are confessing who the one true god is to the world around them and as you said too it's kind of also helpful for us to see that little girl Uh, that's been captured, the last person in the world you think she's going to tell about Yahweh and that there's a prophet, and he can tell you, uh, you know, about this water that's connected to this promise, and it's going to heal and save you. Um, But that's a good glimpse of this is probably even more common in our everyday vocations, even to love our enemies, but that we are wherever God has placed us to tell others uh, of right. of who the one true God is. So even right. as you said in the Old Testament, we see witness, mercy, life together time and time again throughout, yeah. throughout scriptures. God is telling his people to be merciful uh, to the sojourners, to the widows, to the orphans. Right. Um, he doesn't say once you get to this place of exile, I want you to hole up until I free you. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> always telling them be the best yeah. of God's people that you can be. Serve your neighbor, and love, and tell them who I am, and you will be a witness. Even in the midst of their suffering and exile, uh, we still see witness and mercy and life together. So I think that's also a good good sample of how we see this being patterned, even in the New Testament, Old Testament. What do you think, Mark, in terms of this not just being a fad?
0: (laughs) Well, the negative example comes to mind. When Jonah did not Want to bear witness, yeah. and he ended up in the yeah. belly of a, yeah. of a of a great fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How that goes, yeah. yeah. So yeah, may as well be obedient. But but yeah, on the other
1: up. hand, I think what's fascinating is that he's being sent to this city known uh, for the reputation of harsh cruelty to the people of God, and God still sends them. And his reason for not wanting to go. I think right. Americans today can very much sense this you know even even as resident aliens uh, the right. persecution that comes upon us now do we really want to go into these cities uh, across America and and tell people of this message of right. repentance and forgiveness because for right. for him he doesn't want them to receive this mercy and this grace and right. yet God's reasoning for him to go is so clear it's I think the only place we see in the Old Testament where God says there are just so many Lost souls. Right. If for no other reason, you will go and you will lead them to repentance and forgiveness, just because there are so many souls. And I think Jonah had
0: a much greater reason to not go than <clears throat> than we would. Yes. <laughs> uh, namely, yeah. that um, uh, the Assyrians would eventually come and destroy his people. Right. Right. You know. And so I, I just think it's so interesting. Uh, in you know, at the end of the book, when um, you know uh, Jonah and God are having this conversation, and Jonah complains. I knew yeah. you were a forgiving God. Yeah. You know, right. uh, and because he knew that since yeah. they had repented,
1: Heaven forbid.
0: Yeah, that yeah. it was really yeah. bad news for the Northern Kingdom because yes. they had not right. repented and God was going to bring judgment on them. But, yeah. Right. But yeah, um, so.
3: Hey, uh, would you like your political empire to be crushed so that the kingdom of God may flourish? Mm. May it so be. Yeah. May it so be. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
3: And God's uh, word is so powerful in that, that whole account. You know, Jonah's doing everything to you know, he drank 750 milliliters, he emptied the bottles, he, he, he uh, uh, pills, and he goes to the bottom of the ship and puts the pill over his head, wishes for death. I will not I will not speak one word of God for those no good sinners. Right. And then... Throw me they off. drag it out of him. They drag it out of him. And in yeah. verse 9 in chapter 1, he basically says, yeah, you caught me. I'm a God. I worship the God of the Hebrews and made the heavens and the earth. And they all repent because of the objective power of God's word. Yeah. He's not even trying. He's trying to do everything yeah. but yeah. bring people to repentance. So how can we not speak of the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ, the greater Jonah.
1: Yeah, and, amen. Uh, and, and that's yeah. the, perfect, uh, the perfect picture of that, is, is he, he's just leading up to Christ there on the boat, and the disciples are, you don't care that we're perishing, and Jesus, right. almost the same exact words, uh, says, lift me up and throw me in. You know? Right, um, right. H- How amazing that that points to what Christ will oh. do for us. and, he and dove and, into
3: the deep waters of yes. sin and death for yes. us, died Rose on the third day right now Jonah at the time did not know he was going to be Jesus sermon illustration so.
1: <laughs> on the third yeah. day it would be vomited out uh, <laughs> of the tomb on, uh, you know on, on Resurrection day so yeah, yeah um, Absolutely. but the, but Absolutely. that's it I mean that's that is the pattern and that's mission field USA that's what we are yep. called to do to bring that same that same message of, of God's salvation. So let's let's jump right into this then. And for me, when I think about witness, mercy, life together, I think it's kind of fascinating. I know it's been an emphasis for us for a little while, but uh, that it kind of went back to even Detlef Schultz. We had him on last week and in, in his right. book, Mission from the Cross. He talks about he's got like a little petal on a flower, but it's witness, mercy, life together, and worship. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a fair analogy as well uh, when we sure. think about the patterns. But for me, it really does begin with building together a life together for the body of Christ in this place. So, when you're sent out right. in mission and you're going to start uh, a new church start, um, I would say the the primary thing to get to get started off on the right foot is to build that life together. What do you think about that, Tim?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, th- these are wild times. You know, I I see. Every day, I just scratch my head and say, wow, I cannot believe that is going on, and I can't believe that people are considering that um, good enough Mm -hmm. to go to, and they're they're getting spiritually inebriated, um, thoughts of glory, and this is passing for, quote-unquote, church. And I think the question of our time is, what is church? And you can't answer that question.
1: We did. Um, we answered it last podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did tune in. Uh, you guys can, but there's other people that still need to answer that question.
3: Uh, what is church? Yeah, and, well, and that's like, what. And uh, just to just Ella to say, saying,
1: it's it's not only God's people, but what are these things that are right. identifiers that make them the holy people? Right. Right. Very good. And
3: so you know, last week, Mark was saying, uh, in terms of the seven marks of the church, they all have kind of a common denominator. Mm-hmm. God acts. He mm-hmm. speaks. Uh, the Gospel. Um, they're all related to this. But if, even if you go back to Acts 2.42, you have the, the Apostles' teaching. So the Word of God, predominantly this Word of Gospel, and this teaching, 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 teaching that actually creates a fellowship. It creates a unity, a uh, sharing together of this common life that confesses Christ in His fullness, and the triune God, and all these blessings. And fellowship can only be established truly by the, by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when, when there isn't yet unity of faith, if, if people are saying, yes, I believe with this parts of, these parts of the Bible, but not this, you just keep teaching, and then you wait for them to agree with Jesus' beautiful, bold words.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: When there is a kind of an agreement of what we would consider um, the ways that uh, God brings His grace to us, uh, baptism, the forgiveness of sins, the Lord's Supper, well, then you have, you have fellowship. Right. Um, you see then, you've got the, the breaking of the bread there, Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. They steadfastly devoted themselves to that also on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And as the love of Christ is poured through um, His very incarnate body and blood, um, forgiveness of sins is actually physically, tangibly bestowed. It leads to prayer, right. uh, not just... Me, myself, and I prayers, but mm-hmm. mostly love for the neighbor, right. uh, love for others. So if you were to take, let's say, the breaking of bread out of that thing, and say, now we're going to do church without the breaking of bread, I could not necessarily... Um, I could be starving,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because I'm not giving the, giving the tangible gifts that Christ wants for me. He knows I need um, in the sacrament and I wouldn't know it. Right. Um, or let's say you take out the apostles' teaching and the breaking of bread, and you still call that church. Mm-hmm. You have fellowship and you have prayer.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That will dramatically change your identity. That will tr- dramatically change what you think you have to do, right. your mission. It'll change how you parent. It'll yeah. change your, your relationship with your spouse. Right. So it is very important for us to begin with what God says and does, and that is, a, in terms of a, a Lutheran understanding of worship, you know, the, the divine service. It doesn't mm-hmm. begin with us acting, right. um, it doesn't begin with us saying or praying, it begins with God acting, God giving, God speaking, and there's where the certainty comes from.
1: Yeah, and so um, when we think of church, I mean, you're right, so the immediate thought might be building, which we know it's not. Um, there are people there's you know in terms of life together some of it is the kingdom of the left it's you know administrative stuff that you have to do to incorporate this you know bylaws and constitutions all the rest of it but what this really comes down to as you said is fellowship and all of its senses you know having that shared confession of faith the unity in your belief and what your mission is and what your purpose is but ultimately what we talked about is how the church is not spoken of as an an inanimate object it is the body of christ it is the the bride of christ and i think uh in terms of fellowship it is really building up this family of god sure you know family of god and so when you talk about breaking bread together what that means is that all of these grains become this one loaf all of these Mm. you know all, all of the grapes become the one cup pressed yeah, down yeah. Uh, and crushed yeah. together. And so the beauty is when I come to that altar next to Mark and I'm right. shoulder to shoulder with him, you know, his burden, guess whose burden that is? That's that, yours now. That's, I own that now with him. Absolutely. That, that's what it is to be the family of God. His joy, Absolutely. every joy that he has, that's now my Absolutely. joy to celebrate. So so that is why I think the the building of uh, the family of God, you know, the fellowship in every one of these senses is just so vital to be all on the same page and to understand what that means when I when I'm shoulder to shoulder with with Tim at the altar so that's right. that's awesome. Right. so let's let's take a look too at at mercy. Um, okay. this can be kind of complicated in the church. some people you know kind of have a skewed, view of of doing mercy i mean you can't deny that it's all through scripture old testament new testament god calls us to be merciful as he is merciful he calls us to care for those who have have need but um there's kind of the two ends of the spectrum the one you know that people might be concerned with is you know this is just social justice you know that's what there are other programs and agencies that do this and it's like well you know if if they really are, you know, what you say, just using the church to get stuff, I mean, that's because right. they're unbelievers. But if you really right. want something that will transform their heart, what else is it going to It's not going to be a government program. It's going to be right. the gospel right. that truly right. transforms this person. But, you know, it's not just social justice. I mean, we are called to be advocates. We are called to be a voice for the weak, um, and the right. voiceless and to care for people but it's never apart from the gospel and it's right. to call upon us to love our neighbors as jesus did and that is mind and body and soul so when i see the other end of the spectrum where people say no we just do we're the church word and sacrament we don't have anything really to do with bodily things that's not right. how christ loved his neighbor what do you what do you say right. about that
3: Oh, I I want to make sure Mark gets in
2: on oh, that yeah. uh, low
1: low <laughs> hanging curveball too. All right, well, there. Well, let's
0: give Mark this first shot. Well, <clears throat> well I was going to respond to the question actually for you oh, guys. Yeah. Um, uh, it seems like in the past, you know that that our church was a, was kind of afraid to do social ministry, if you will. It was called mm-hmm. social ministry because yeah. uh, it might be. Uh, a substitute for the gospel size, too. Yeah, and it seems to me that I, I think we've made progress. So yeah. I guess I'm an optimist. I, I think the <laughs> nice. you know, I think our congregations do understand this, and and I think you know in a sense the relabeling it instead of social gospel or social justice or something like yeah. that, calling it mercy a, a very scriptural right. term, I, right. I think was very helpful. I don't know if you guys uh, if had the same observation or not. But
1: if you were to go to like the social issues page on our website, Mm -hmm. there are some things that would kind of irk people and politicize things. (laughs) For example, uh, if you talk about, you know, even things like with with serving the homeless, Mm -hmm. you know, I was kind of surprised that, you know, people were kind of concerned that, you know, you don't help people that don't want to help themselves. And, you know, just kind Mm -hmm. of negative connotations about, Helping others, so yeah. well. Yeah. There's always there's always a naysayer <laughs> no, 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 somewhere, no. you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> there's, there's right, always but, right there's but always a naysayer. My point being and, is we, that that things, everything seems to get politicized, and we need to be cautious as the church that we are that, called upon to that's love. That's why
3: uh, uh, my brother-in-law Jay and I and, and the boys did that, that 50-hour survival challenge because it was mm-hmm. for the the homeless Lutheran mission in, in Atlanta. And um, anybody that doubts the value of word of God or mercy, mm-hmm. they, can, they can join us the next time we do that, because <laughs> that will be uh, an eye-opening experience. Um, when you – everybody's, for the most part, just a couple paychecks away. Yeah. And, Let's let's be really honest. Right. We all really became homeless after Adam and Eve did what they did in the Garden of Eden. Exactly, <laughs> yeah.
1: and yeah, yeah. came into the world um, with and, nothing.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, well, and the, the fig leaves just—they're not cutting it. <laughs> that right, right. not cutting it. Yeah. That, that McMansion you just got in Alpharetta—that <laughs> nah, won't do it either. Uh, that will get rid of the shame on your soul.
2: Yeah.
3: So there are people that are homeless that live in homes, and there are people that are homeless that. Don't and they all need the gospel. Mm-hmm. We've seen people that are, have been baptized who had literally three doctorate degrees through the homeless mission at uh, a stepping stone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, it's not like they weren't educated. It wasn't like they weren't trying. Yeah. Um, there's also medical situations, right? Um, they get that sick and that challenging. Yeah. People um, they're they're dealing with disabilities. And I will say this, it is crazy not to give the mercy that Jesus gave us. Amen. It's it's crazy not to give to them what Christ gave us. Right. We we can't help it. I mean, uh, we were all objects of wrath, and Christ, in place of the wrath, gave us eternal treasure. He gave us Himself. He took the wrath on Himself, and He gave us His sinless righteousness in His place. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not without its effect. Right. So we just can't help but be gracious as our Lord has been gracious to us. Now, I I think that in the one instance we use, well, it's an alibi. We don't have to care. We don't have to, you know, because we are so um, marvelously faithful. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is um, unbelief. And then on the other side, oh, no, 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 don't share the gospel of Jesus. We're here to just give people stuff. Mm -hmm. What? Are you kidding me? So there's just these weird ways that we've messed things up for decades. And I would agree with Mark that we have seen in the last decade in our our church body
2: Mm
3: -hmm. mercy starting to flow from font and altar again. It's happening. Uh, So there's a lot of good things on the horizon I I, I see as as these things are converging. The witness mercy life to give us emphasis has really helped us in that
1: regard. Sure, And I think I think part of that too is when when you talk about giving stuff, I, I think it can be overwhelming when you think in those terms. Because if I'm gonna have a constant need and there's so many constant needs that are out there, that can feel overwhelming. But when we look at people in the eyes of God as being created in the image of God, having capacity, if we treat them with the dignity and humanity that they deserve. I mean, that's one of the most impactful things I've heard is when somebody went past a homeless person and they couldn't stop, but they said, you know, sorry, sorry I can't stop. I wanted to talk. I wanted to help, whatever. And And the person just came back and said, I'm just so grateful that you saw me.
0: You know, yeah. I, and so when we yeah. treat
1: people in humanity and with dignity, um, rather right. than just seeing them as a, a constant need, a different, you know, second class, uh, right. human being, um, I, I think it changes yeah. our mindset as well. So it's important to lift them out of poverty, it's important for you to really truly know your community, to work alongside them, um, right. and and again to do it in a way that's collaborative, in a way that lifts people out of their their circumstances where you know you're it's not just the handout and i think that's what can be overwhelming and i think it's important too like you said it's not a bait and switch thing this is for us as you know we're not a a program we're this is all in the love of christ our motivation is in in the right Right. place which makes it so much different as well we're free
3: we're free yet we're dead to approval we're dead to rejection yeah We're dead to needing it for ourselves to make ourselves feel better. We're already dead and alive in our baptism to be completely free, living an eternally bonus life here right now, and uh, let
1: the chips fall. And we all see in ourselves that we're all beggars in need of mercy no one Amen. would get mercy if it was because they deserved Ow. it mark's got a point here
0: yeah <clears throat> i was going to say tim i love how you're bringing the gospel to bear in this discussion that's uh, fantastic so i really appreciate that but but i'm going to take it towards sanctification and <laughs> just so, just to say
2: no no just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mercy is hard work yes yeah, i mean i yeah. think that's that's the thing that uh, frankly scares me the most mm-hmm. you know yeah. if uh, someone walks into my congregation you know I just know it's a lot of commitment and work. And uh, maybe this should be the martyria, you know, because when you really start. Digging into people's the lives. Muck I mean,
1: and exactly. I mean, yeah. they're
0: broken people, and they're in yeah. a broken system. Right. And right. if we really want to help, yeah. it's not. It's not a handout. Uh, the easiest thing to do is write a check or fill a bag of groceries. Right. And th- I'm not the saying that's not a, right. I'm, and yeah. that's important too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not um,
1: emergency needs. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to minimize that. But I mean, if we're right. really going to transform people's lives, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it means getting involved and right. intensively, right. usually. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that to me, that's the scariest thing about mercy work. It is. <laughs> it's, and I it's, think, it's
1: just hard work. I think that's why, too, yeah. it's not a solo thing. We can in our everyday vocations volunteer and help others. But when we come together as the body of Christ, as a corporate neighbor in that community, I think you can have an either, even greater, more long-term, sustainable oh, yes. impact in your neighborhoods. But it does mean that you want to serve and love right. your
0: neighbor. And we want to help neighbors. in a right. smart way yes. because there's ways we can help which are actually probably, um, uh, you know, hurt, uh, will do harm in the long run. And it, and yes, we've all been there yes. and we know that yeah. sort of thing. And right on. You know, any pastor knows that you'll, you'll have a parade of people and they'll make a circuit and they'll come back yeah, again. Yeah, and you <laughs>
1: don't want to create an uh, unhealthy relationship. Right, you want right. or
0: dependency. Be, you really yeah. want people to be Correct. able to, um, uh, we want to help them in a way that does help. Amen. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Amen. Right. And um, I think we're going to have to jump into our next topic here of Witness Mercy Life Together. And let's let's take a minute to talk about witness. So for one thing, I think the beauty of mercy, for me anyways, is that it gives you opportunities to establish these relationships with people you may never have met otherwise, uh, other than mm-hmm. you were you serving your neighbor in love and give you a chance to, to witness to them. But Witness also um, is kind of both on an individual level and on a corporate level as the the congregation. I mean, as the church, um, when you're starting a new congregation, you send the word out that we're establishing a a new church, and you let people know, and you give them your worship time, and you you put up your Facebook page, and you use social media to let people know about uh, when you're going to gather together uh, as God's people, and even when we talked about earlier... uh, just establishing that altar, calling upon the Lord—that is your corporate witness uh, to the world around you. And when they come and see the divine service and they see heaven on earth, you know that's mm-hmm. also your witness. You know the name of your congregation—you know that's a witness. The the way that your sanctuary is structured, all pointing to Christ—that's a witness. Um, and then just the the importance of you know your lutheran identity and your confession of faith and telling others about right. the lutheran faith all all those things kind of as the the corporate body of christ witnesses tim do you have right. something to say about that
3: well I'd, absolutely the uh, all those aspects there um look at the you know the the faith basically ties out um, Nimrod's weird worship going on at the end of, uh, you know, Genesis 8, 9, 10, What 10, what all that did. The promise almost dies out, right? God says, you know, it seems like it does because he calls Abram idol worshiper he says, we're starting all over. First thing Abram does, what does he do? He builds an altar. Right. Now in Genesis 15, when he's brought out and uh, Yahweh says, uh, yeah, look up, see the stars, so shall your offspring, singular, Offspring singular, because mm-hmm. it's Christ yeah. and the body of mm-hmm. Christ. Um, he believed in it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed on Christ, in Christ, and was saved by grace through faith. Built an altar. And when the altar was built, then he began to, in Hebrew, Korah, in the name of Yahweh, which is call upon the name of the Lord, but it can also be proclaimed.
2: Right. Uh,
3: there was a public worship service going on, calling upon Yahweh, speaking the word of, uh, that they had heard, the word that is true, and the word of the one who was to come, um, to be that singular offspring, to bring new life There's death and resurrection eventually.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, this, it, it seems gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like if you've ever had to set up an altar or move an altar it's it's a humbling experience yeah. it's very it's very quote-unquote ordinary yeah somebody's grabbing a hammer uh they're they're working with wood they're they're nailing something together but it is a place where you say our lord has acted for us yeah. and we're going to come back again and again and acknowledge that god god's word reigns here yeah. his gifts are given here and we will not forget what he's done and right. so it, it becomes a very powerful magnet we yeah, we go out in our calling, our vocation, mm-hmm. share what he has done, but then we keep coming back to Niagara Falls in the middle of the desert, receiving abundant grace and mercy. Yeah. Joyful blessings flow from that place. Yeah. So it, it is it's the first it's the first move. Now right. it's challenging in church planting because you might be getting in a beginning in a barn. You might be beginning in a home. You might be beginning like Trinity Lutheran, which is our newest church plan right here, yeah. we're gonna get into Norcross Elementary School, it looks like. Yeah. So they're gonna probably have to bring it in every Sunday, mm-hmm. an altar.
1: Yeah, yeah. But and that's get the, in there,
3: yeah, get the, in there with the word and the gifts yeah. and get get going from there, yeah. uh, so.
1: Right, that's the, the beauty that I found in the simplicity, to be honest. <laughs> that when we met in a uh, funeral home chapel, uh not much there other than the pews and it was fascinating though i mean a table Mm -hmm. a bowl of water bread wine and we had all the riches of heaven
3: amen and and we could
1: fit it in the back of my truck (laughs) (laughs) you know but the the simplicity and the beauty that god can work Through these these humble means to bring his forgiveness. And, you know, when you're talking about the Old Testament, it's kind of fascinating. You know, the most catastrophic things that happen in the Old Testament, whether it was the flood or Tower of Babel, and kind of the first thing after God's wrath and catastrophe, he calls someone, now go set up the altar and call upon me so that the world will see. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, out of the rubble. Yep. He calls some weak, lowly, pathetic, simple person. Yeah. And he, and he, and the word goes forth again. Amen. It, it's incredible.
0: Yep. Mark, did you have something? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that uh, when we're uh, talking about church planting, there's a bit of a tension also in that uh, a lot of times we think about gathering,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, getting yeah. people together into the body of Christ, uh, et cetera. But there also comes a time to scatter, yeah. right. to go off and start a new one. And that's pretty hard, too. <laughs> oh, and, when you yeah. you know, for example, in the Tower of Babel, you know, I, I love whoever thought of this, uh, you know, in in at Pentecost,
2: yeah.
0: where we have Acts chapter 2, uh uh, on the same Sunday as we have the Tower of Babel, you know yeah. the Tower of Babel was God's. You know the people were disobeying God and yeah. not scattering mm-hmm. across the earth because they built this tower, so lest we be scattered. Yeah. I mean, it was directly contrary to what God told them to right. do. And then, in, so then in Pentecost, the, the confusion of the language is undone, and yet you know not all that much later. Uh, god's people were scattered due to persecution and they went and they shared the word wherever they went yeah. so i think there's right. this kind of you oscillation the, if yeah, you will you got to yeah. build
1: that in the identity you're right as yeah. soon as you think that we've arrived and not yeah. having in mind what's the next mission that's that is definitely right. uh, a concern to have it should be in the dna mm-hmm. that, you right. know what, what we we've, we're you know, solid body of Christ here, but what what's the mission? So, hey, we well, but we probably, love each other. It's gonna be hard to, it to, is. to oh, spread out, yeah, sacrifice. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah.
3: It's tough but, but that that guys, that yeah. uh, every congregation will make a decision: Will you do this ultimately for yourself, or will you live sacrificially for others? Exactly. And there's yeah. a moment in time. Yeah. When that compromise is either made or every single solitary day in the church militant, again, you yeah. say, no, um, no, this is not about us. Mm-hmm. Christ has called us. He continues to bestow eternal bounty upon us here, mm-hmm. but we continue to go.
1: Right.
3: Every critic will be on your shoulder. Yeah. Every demon will be in your ear, and they will say, stop. <laughs> Do it for us. We need this. Get we comfortable. Stop going. <laughs> Pastor, you know, don't go share the gospel with more people. You shared the <laughs> gospel them. with more people again, you didn't tell us about it, you know. <laughs> There's going to be somebody yeah. trying to keep you off that mission front line. Yeah. We cannot stop and uh, this corrupt church culture that yeah. um, has developed um, in the consumer-driven um, theology of glory stuff. Yeah. But, it Just get used to the pressure, get right. used to disobeying the carnal voices and the the beckoning call of Mammon, mm-hmm. and get back out there, yeah. and and
1: it's for everybody, yep. and that's that's kind of where for we want to right. We want to look at that perspective too. This isn't this is you know where it's really happening, as you said on the front line, is, is the priesthood of believers. It's those who right. are witnessing in their own circles, whether it's their family, their friends their co-workers their classmates i mean god god is sending all of them into these front lines to bring them and
3: it is beautiful to see how he's at work through yeah. his uh, priesthood i'll give yeah. I, I have to throw this in yeah one of our families they're a newer family they're they're converts and how how great is this they were baptized up in uh, like billings montana or something yeah um the They're they're fresh out of the waters of their baptism, and they have to move because of a job. Mm. Uh, Pastor Ryan went up there somewhere. He makes the connection with me. The sheep come to this area, and they start receiving and getting strong here now.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, These these, uh, marvelous people in this family, um, they know what God's grace is. So what do they do? They talk about it. So they've got a friend that... um, he wouldn't necessarily say he's an atheist, he's kind of an agnostic, but what he was told is, you can't go to church. You're, you're too sinful. You can't go to church because, yeah. you know, you're, you're a worse sinner than us. Yeah. That's what his idea of church was. Yeah. And so our members just started talking to him and saying, no, um, you've got to come to church. <laughs> Everybody you meet is actually a sinner.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. He goes, your pastor's a sinner? They say, yeah, he's a sinner. And I just say, yeah, when you show up, you'll know that. that
2: <laughs> yeah, it's that reverse, that, the thought that <laughs> I
1: have to the get. You have Yeah. Like
3: the elders, you, you got deacons, they're yeah. sinners, you know, people that serve on the choir. Yeah. Altar Guild, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the thought, is that I have to get my act together and get cleaned up right. before Be I can come. And it's like, no, oh my brother, it's the, it's the you're talking to this guy at the men's shelter. Like, no, you come, and that's where. All of amen. us unclean sinners and beggars, come amen. together, yeah, yeah. amen <laughs> right and, on. And,
3: and Christ accepts us through the deep wounds of his forgiveness for us. Right. He claims us as his own uh, we, we des- there's, there's there's nothing that we deserve here except the opposite of his grace, and he gives it to us. He doesn't right. reject us he He welcomes us, and so we sometimes you're fighting for that battle in the trenches these um they're 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 mechanics, they're plumbers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're serving as lawyers, they're, they're moms, right. but they're having these beautiful conversations wherever they are in their callings
2: mm-hmm. and saying,
3: no, the gifts are this good, you've got to come. Christ forgives sin, he yes. comes and blesses sinners. And so this is not a burden. This yes. is the, the rest of our lives until we get called home um, at the return. So
1: right. it's good stuff. Oh, yeah, and I think kind of the picture is this army of well-catechized Lutherans but they're prepared to give an answer to the hope that's within them they 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 are equipped to go and to be a witness of what god has done for them even in the divine service to be able to explain what happens On a Sunday morning to other people, Um, for me it kind of the the big picture I have. We so we spent time, you know, teaching people how do you confess your faith and explain what's different about Lutheranism. And I remember one time it was a mission field USA trip, and my good friend Carlos Hernandez is out in this Hispanic neighborhood, and he's speaking Spanish to this lady, and she's Catholic, Mm. and she's saying, what's the difference between what you believe about Christ and what the Catholic Church taught when I was a child? And he gets out his Mm. catechism, and he goes right to the person of Christ, and he reads it right out of the catechism. And for me, too, it's a picture of, uh, I was in Africa um, a little guy speaking French. I knew enough high school French to kind of understand that this little guy Hmm. was going through all six chief parts of the catechism by heart. I, you know, and he gets like first article, you know, he gets this, the third part, you know, and I'm first, I'm thinking, this is kind of neat. You know, I, I literally broke down crying by the time he's towards the end, because my, my friend, uh, looks over at me and all he had to say is he loves god and i knew exactly what he meant this little guy who couldn't afford to go to school spent every single day with his catechist who taught him how to speak the catechism because he loved christ so much that he wanted to tell everyone in his village who god was that's why he did this and so to have an army of well-catechized priesthood of believers that love God so much that they want to tell everybody they know who God is, Um, that that is the great picture that I have of what it is to to be a witness in our everyday lives.
3: And there's no reason to drop your sword, right? Yeah. Well-catechized, church militant army, they're simple people. You know, you got the sword, you got the scriptures, You're, you're a whetstone Mm-hmm. You could say is the Catechism, or you know, it's the lens by which you can understand the basic mm-hmm. teachings of the faith. Hone in on what's most important. Yeah, yeah. You need to be baptized. yeah, yeah, you need and- a new identity. You know, so, if we if we um, actually use the tools that people a whole lot smarter than me came up with,
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Right, right. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. I yeah. think an invocation is a pretty good way to start a service. Is the name of trying God it?
1: It's the most <laughs> standing on a a holy ground now.
2: <laughs>
3: let's, not, let's not leave that. Place. Yeah. So we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yes. We don't have to be um, the quote unquote experts. In fact, um, there really are none.
1: Right. Right. Um,
3: and so, giving the priesthood the understanding that anytime, any place, yeah. in their weak way, mm-hmm. they can point to to Jesus, like John the Baptist says, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin
1: of the world. Amen, brother. And here's the here's the impact of that. I mean, as a church planner, I was very blessed. I was very fortunate. I could uh, serve in jails and hospitals and the battered women's shelter, the men's shelter. Um, you know, I had opportunity to witness to a whole lot of people, even in some of our shanty towns on the outside of town. You know, I was very right. blessed. I remember I called on eight families one week Um, Hmm. that I got numbers for, six of them showed up for church. But you can't just depend on your church planner. Here's the the impact, Tim. Um, The statistic is that 86%, 86% of people that will come to church is by an invitation, and that invitation comes from someone that they've established a relationship with. Yeah. so when i talked about going out and showing love to your neighbor and then telling them about the love of christ when i talked about talking to your family and your friends and your co-workers 86 percent of people yep. who will be coming to these new church starts will most likely be because someone created a relationship with them and genuine love and then invited them to visit church right that's the impact
3: absolutely Amen. so true all so, right i mean it's so, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Mark, what, uh, pearls? The for. <laughs> yeah, let's get our last
1: pearls of wisdom in here, Mark. We're about up on time. Yeah. Well, y- y-
0: I've always believed that, uh, I always believe that, I love Romans 116, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, because I, it's probably a good summary for a lot of podcasts. I think I mentioned it <laughs> last, last time, keep going. you know, is that it's, it, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, and when we keep in focus, that it is Christ and His love for us and His death on the cross, which uh, alone can take away our sins and bring right. salvation to the, to us and to the world. Um, it's an amazing thing, you yeah. know. To think that we have the yeah. power of God on our lips. I mean, of God. I mean, that's. I mean, I just think that's really cool, and and uh, it's been working. And we know it works because it worked with us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and we
0: see it with other people too. But I mean, and it's you know uh, more than a billion people who believe now because of the power of the gospel. But uh, That's what I always come back to when we witness: is uh, the more clearly we can understand the gospel and share it with our people in a meaningful way, the more uh, impacted their lives will be and filled with
1: joy that they just can't help but share it. And let's also remember Nineveh.
0: Yeah, (laughs) just you know,
1: Mission Field USA, Paul's missionary journeys to the metropolitan, multi-ethnic, the center of commerce and culture, and the millions upon millions upon millions of people in mission field usa who do not know jesus christ as their lord and savior we have plenty of opportunity for us to use witness and mercy and life together to bring christ to this broken dark dying world around us it it is a wonderful opportunity and we we dare not shy away from this calling that God has given to us and and we again aren't looking for some program we're looking at what is the life of the church in this place that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ
3: and you bring up those uh, those different aspects metropolitan urban multi-ethnic center of commerce and culture pastor aaron sims our our first church planter was probably trained about eight or nine years ago here he would say you know what we found out what the demographic was down there where he's going to start a church he goes
0: we found
1: out it was 100 (laughs) percent center and they're everywhere too they're in farm towns and they're in the suburbs and they're they're all over the place i mean it is is
3: a fertile (laughs) harvest down there
1: amen um
3: Everybody has the same prestige yes. before God, equally damned without Christ, and all need the antidote. Yep. So, mm.
1: Amen, know. brother. Let's Amen, know. brother. Yeah. Well, Tim, thank you so much for being on the program with us today. Really appreciate your time. And Mark, uh, as always, it's a pleasure to be with you, brother. Um, I think we've, we've, you know, been very clear, but this is, this is our call to action. Let's bring witness and mercy and life together, um, for the sake of the gospel and, uh, bringing Christ and bringing people into the family of God. So thank you guys for your time today. My pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mission Field USA podcast for church planting. Visit lcms.org/slash churchplanting for other resources and information to share your ideas and to contact us. The Mission Field USA podcast is a production of the Office of National Mission of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in partnership with KFUO Radio. The Lord be with you.